The most important people in the world with Charles Berman and Jonathan Berman. Featuring interviews with people with interesting viewpoints, which, if true, could make them the most important people in the world. Let's meet one of them now. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Most Important People in the World podcast. This is Charles Berman. I'm Jonathan Berman. And we're very pleased to have with us today... Tony and Tony, if I'm correct, you've asked us not to give us give any further names than just Tony. Is that right? Oh uh, yeah, my name is Tony. I live in the Binghamton area, and I have a YouTube channel called Caveman Four Four Four. That's Caveman Numbers Four Four Four. Okay, now now Tony, I'll give to our audience a little bit of a preview of of, of what because you actually approached us about going on the program about uh, a theory about the shape of the Earth that people might not be familiar with. Yeah, and I uh, hope your listeners are ready to uh, maybe flex their imagination muscles a little bit because um, we've been locked into a lot of theories over the years that we can't escape now due to the size of scientism, you know, and the establishment of scientism. We've been locked into ways of thinking. So I hope your viewers are a little limber when it comes to thinking about things that go against the mainstream cosmology that we've been fed since we've been in kindergarten and we walked into that classroom and we saw the globe on the table. I so just, listeners, yeah. I demand that you immediately open your minds to anything you might hear and don't think <laughs> critically about it in the way that you've been taught in science classes. We are now going to delve into new realms of understanding about Earth's topology. Yeah, we're, we're going to ask you to just basically believe anything you might hear coming up forward even things that contradict each other now tony i i get the impression you're based on what you're saying you're sort of familiar that with the fact that i think that statistically most people think the earth is is ball shaped yeah um uh for anyone wondering i did not time travel here from 500 years ago <laughs> okay <laughs> i grew up with with the same schooling the same uh lessons the same science classes that everyone else went through um I'm just, I, I describe myself as an uh, ex-NASA fanboy who was really into NASA and kind of got disappointed by them. That's and, just because um, NASA sort of operates on the assumption, too, that the Earth is, is, is round. Yes. Um, some would say they operate on that assumption, and some would say that they only exist to perpetuate that assumption. Oh. Now, for, for listeners who are not aware, NASA stands for National... Aeronautic and Space Administration. Mm -hmm. Right, and they, which means that you have to check in with them whenever you go above a certain height. So anyone on Earth needs to check in with these guys who run the show above a certain altitude. So okay, so let's let's. So when it comes to space travel, they are the they are the agency you must pass through. So let's let's step back just a a bit because I. I'm curious, sort of a twofold question. A, why, why, how did you come to the conclusion? How did you find out that the Earth is flat? And why do you think most people think the other? Why, why do most people get the impression it's round when it's really flat? Well, um, you know, I came to it. You know, I'm not even saying that it is flat. I'm not even saying that I have 
discovered a truth. I think of myself as always learning and always waking up. So um, what I know for myself in my heart, I know that is I'm not on a sphere. Okay. And mm-hmm. that just comes through my journey and what I've been through. Um, what I've seen, um, I think a lot of people have to believe it's a globe because what other choice do they have? They walk into kindergarten and there's a globe on the table. They have no other way to discern for themselves how to, um, uh, you know, legitimize this globe. Okay. You're too small to ask those questions and whatever you're told, you know, the teacher says it's the globe, you're a globe. But you know, if you're like me, when you walked into that classroom, your eyes trailed around the surface and under, and you, and you thought to yourself how Australians could be stuck to the bottom of that thing. Right. Mm, right, because they no, might. We, if it was a circle, they would fall off. Right, we know no better, so we just have to take it. We have to take their word for it. And you know, when we're little, we see our authority figures, you know, and our authority figures give us our answers. And when we get a little older, our authority figures become, you know, judges and policemen and, um, uh, you know, astrophysicists. They become the authority. And, you know, when you realize that the authority of your parents was actually a made-up authority to get you to, um, you know, act in line and have a good life, you know, um, they needed to discipline you, but it was a perceived authority by you. When you get older, you just latch on to another perceived authority, and there's always going to be a, an authority there to um, meet you. You know, having discernment means that um, you realize that you have the power to call BS on whoever you want. Don't ever forget that. You can look anyone in the eye and discern for yourself if they're being truthful, not in their information, but how are they coming across? Uh, Mm -hmm. How are they treating others who are um, giving them uh, opposition? So so NASA is this arbitrary authority. They're just saying things. Um, and people should, you know, they can hear NASA and they hear you and they just sort of, how do they know who to believe, you or NASA? Well, I would say don't believe either. I say just do your own research. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you do research on NASA, you get just disappointed. You just get very disappointed. You know, the geeks out there looking for the telemetry tapes from when they went to the moon and back are very disappointed when they find out that they've been overwritten. The tapes have been written over. You know, the biggest achievement in mankind, this is not the 89 Super Bowl, okay? This is the greatest achievement in mankind. And these are the numbers that prove that these spaceships, these crafts actually traverse these feet, are recorded in the telemetry tapes where all the data is stored. And that's the proof. That's the hard computer science proof, and it's not there. You know, and you go through pictures. You start to go to pictures. My heart dropped when I when I typed in Earth and space into Google, and I come from a um, uh, media background, and I looked at those photos and I said, "Oh my God, these are paintings. These are digital paintings made to look very um, eye pleasing." And you know the the um, the photo um, the texture artists at NASA, you know NASA does employ. Um, you know, photo people. We have a couple of detectors now in the Flat Earth movement who talk about that, how they are 
basically instructed to make um, textures of foreign worlds and such. But um, mm-hmm. when you dig a little deeper, you realize the only two full photographs of the Earth. There's only been two. One came to us in 72, and that was their last flight back to um, Earth, their last moon mission. Um, was in 72, they snapped a photo right before they went home. You know, you'd think you'd be snapping photos every two seconds on the moon, you know. Uh, but no, they snapped one photo right before they came home in 72, and now the second full photograph came to us in 2015. And Obama tweeted it, oh, look at this. This is the, this is a, this is the second full image of the Earth in, you know, what is it, five decades now? I mean, we are taxpayers, okay, and all we have are two photos of the complete Earth. It starts to get disturbing. It starts to play on your mind, you know. So these are the kind of things I look into. That's yeah, a pretty low number. I, I, I want to. I, one thing you made me curious about. Um, you, you said about doing our own research, and you, you were using this word scientism. How do we avoid falling into the trap of scientism when we do our research? Right. That is a very good question. And, um, you know, people think when I say scientism, I'm just making fun of the scientific method, where I'm just, like, dismissing it. When I'm not, I actually love the scientific method. And just as a side note, the purpose of science is to disprove the current going status quo. That's the purpose of science, okay? Okay. Um, Now, where was I? Scientism. Scientism, Okay. So, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of excited here. I never get to talk about this with anybody. Oh, well, I'm, um, I'm glad you can, yeah. Um, okay, so scientism, I love the scientific method, okay? That's what we got to do. We got to observe, we got to test, we got to categorize, okay? Scientism is different from science because scientism is the establishment of science, okay? This is the E equals MC squared, you know, which is actually a flawed, you know, this isn't, if E equals E equals MC square is very short, but it could be shorter, you know. Um, it could be just like beautiful, e. e. Yeah, beautiful equations have to be short. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look into that and you realize that after um, Einstein met Edwin Hubble, he cut that equation in half. So we don't even have the full E equals MC squared equation. Um, oh. That equation actually went further but after he met Edwin Hubble, which is very suspicious, he cut half of that. So we don't even have that, you know. We don't even have the full equals MC square. So we're just playing with a fraction, just like um, pi is kind of a dead end in mathematics. Um, we work under the, um, the numerical system, which is a base 10 system. Now, uh, who's to say in another system a base six system, say, um, equations and numbers will maybe look more elegant. Maybe pi will be actually a whole number, you know. Um, the base 10 system, I think, is another one of these traps that they've trapped us in. So that would be um, incredible to achieve if we could make pi a whole number. Right. See, you're, you're following where I'm headed here. Um, so scientism, you just got to get away from um, people you know, building on each other's, it's gotten so bad now that 90%, they say 90% of the known universe is you can't see it because it's black matter or whatever, dark matter. 
You know, that's how bad science it is now, where they claim that something is just surrounding you, but it's not detectable. You know, just like how the Big Bang came from nothing, you know, everything appeared from nothing. You know, if I told you, if I went to the store, you know, and came back with a new car, and you said, hey, where'd you get that car? I said, it came out of nowhere. I was just walking down the street. You know, why, how does everyone believe this? You know, it's such a, I hope you can see where I'm going with this. So I, th- I would like, I, w- I feel we would be remiss if we didn't give you the opportunity to address some of the, the, the basic questions people would have about the, the round, the bald earth versus the flat earth hypotheses, because a lot of people, um, you know, have never thought, considered the flat earth before. Um, and, right. you know, they might say some, they might, they might say, well, if the earth is flat, then explain mountains to me. How can there be mountains if the earth is flat? Right. And I always say, as a joke, I, I say I'm a lumpy earther. <laughs> but um, let if we can, just really quick, let's just, because it's really hard to imagine this stuff. Let's really quick do some mental, like, exercises, okay? Um, picture yourself in a room, a regular room. Um, say it's 10 by 10, 8 feet tall. Okay. 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 And now push back the walls a thousand miles in every direction. Okay. So that's way beyond you can see, mm-hmm. but the, but the ceiling is still, you know, eight feet tall. Okay. So what you're going to see is this, what are you going to see? The ceiling droop down to the center, to the vanishing point. Anyone who knows about drawing knows about the vanishing point and your ground is going to look like it raises up to the middle, to the vanishing point. Right now picture your, a an ant on a basketball uh-huh. you're crawling around on the surface of the basketball and say that you get in a plane a really small ant plane okay and you're taking off on the basketball and you're rising up off the basketball what is the don't answer now but what is what are you seeing what is the horizon doing out of your window as an ant taking off on the basketball now we need to think of these things because this is what science is telling us. Science is telling us that as we raise up off the ball, um, you know, we should, we should see that horizon dropping, okay? As you're going away from the ball, as you come up, right, you're going you're gonna to start, you're going to have to look down to see that horizon. But that's not what we see, weirdly enough. When we get in a plane and we take off, when we look out the window, the horizon is at eye level. We don't have to look down at all. Hmm. So one of the things that I test people on is if someone asks me about this and wants to talk with me about it, I, the first question I ask is, have you ever seen the curvature of the earth with your own eyes? Okay. Now, right off the bat, they'll say, yeah, I was on an airplane. You know, when, and that's before I tell them, that modern science says that you can't even see a curve at 120,000 feet up, which is three times as high as any commercial flight. Hmm. So anyone who's said that they've seen a curvature from an airplane is either remembering it wrong or I don't want to say they're hiding anything, but... Um, Could depend you on know, that's the how, that's how That's how you feel them out, you know? 
But if they say, yeah, I've seen a curvature from an airplane, then there's, it's really a downhill battle because they're going to defend that memory, whether they have it or not, you know, they're going to defend it. So there's nothing I can do at that point. But when they realize, you know, they haven't seen it with their own eyes, there's a little leeway there. Mm-hmm. And all I ask is time to plant the seed in your head, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can just be mad at me all you want for going, yeah. going against thousands and thousands of years of science, you know, and I did a lot of pushback, you know, that's a lot of part, it's a big part of being a flat earther, you know, you really, um, you put yourself in a position where you really need to know your stuff, you know, you really need to be able to explain your reasons why, so that's where I am now, and I'm just dying to get the information out. Well, yeah, you're very, you seem very passionate about the earth being flat, and uh, that that's, it's you seem very excited about it. Well, I I really want to bring people to that realization because um, I think that if you ponder for a moment that the Big Bang is um, never happened, that um, that we are not a sphere, okay? This means that we are not a mistake. We are not just an accident. We're not just lucky on a flying on a spinning speck of dust through space. We're not in the Goldilocks zone. We didn't just happen to crawl out of the ocean to evolve into a monkey, to evolve into a human, just after millions and millions of years that we can't, um, we can't demonstrate, we can't replicate. Um, when you realize that that might be a lie, then it's very exciting to realize that, okay, the truth could be that you do have a purpose, this wasn't an accident, and you have real worth. Your, your life already is worth something. You know, you don't have to make it worth something. You already are. So it's very, um, it's kind of empowering because you start to think that you're not an accident, that you have purpose, that you, it's of my belief, my personal belief that we actually opted into this thing. and We actually came here, you know, because you don't arrive somewhere on accident. You think of the place you want to go and then you go there. You think that you want a sandwich and then you go make a sandwich. We just appeared here where I believe that we may have made plans to come here. Interesting. That's something I hadn't considered. So what do all of these 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 scientific so-called authorities have to gain from from lying to us about the nature of the earth? Well, that's something I've thought a lot about and it's really hard to um it's really hard to put into words because I didn't um, find this out by just, you know, hearing that it's flat. I just started seeing problems, you know. It's hard to explain it when you don't, when you're not the one seeing pro- the problems. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think, number one, what they have to gain is they know for, you know, they're absolutely sure that you know nothing about where you live. Okay, that's, I think, you have to you have to think on a grand scale, and I think there definitely is um, something to gain by a higher authority. If you think that you are trapped on a sphere, it kind of looks like a, a prison, you know. Um, if it's if it's indeed a flat plane, a perfect way to create a prison is to collapse it in on itself, you know. That way, everyone thinks they're in a prison, but they don't mind, you know. Um, man is different than a tiger than, you know, the tiger comes to the gate and he just turns back. If a man ever came to a gate, he would have to climb it, 
or else die. You know, you would always have to climb that. So there cannot be a gate. The only gate that exists is in your mind, and that's because you've been worshiping an icon the fear your whole life, and you don't even realize it. You turn on the TV, and the Universal Studios um, logo comes up, and it's that swooping thing around the globe, and you, you pay no mind to it. You know, it's what you learned while you were in kindergarten. Interesting. So, so if 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 it's not a globe and 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 it is a plane, then if you got into an airplane and you flew far enough, um, would you would you just keep going forever? Are there continents that we don't even know about yet? Some say there is a lot of land out there. Um, New Schwabenland was a a partially mythical city that people say Hitler was building in um, Antarctica. New Schwabenland. I don't know if you guys have ever come across that. No, no. But um, yeah, that's that's cool to look into New Schwabenland. And you know, the Nazis had a very far reach. You know, a lot of Hollywood movies give it up these days. You know, a lot of Nazis in cold weather. They're all talking about it. Like the Nazis had the biggest war machine in history, you know, and they're the, they were the ones on the outside, like looking for answers, you know, of course it was a horrible death war machine, but they had the money to pursue these weird avenues, you know? So, um, people say, yeah, there's more continents out there. Um, people say that Antarctica is actually not a continent, but the crust on the outside of the pizza, you know, because, you know, if you think about it, if you sail to Antarctica, you sail back, you know, how are you to know that it's a continent or a ring around you, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, I, one thing that's just, uh, you know, I, I can't help asking is that a lot of people, I think, in the past used to be aware of the flatness of the Earth centuries ago. And I think that was right. really set back by the stories of people who sa- said they sailed around the Earth. Uh, right, exactly. So, and who um, does, does anyone come to mind um, when you say sail around the Earth to pr- prove it's a globe? Well, Magellan is the first name that comes to mind. Right, um, and you know, picture a globe that you've stepped on, mm-hmm. and the North Pole has remained in the center, and the Antarctica mm-hmm. is the crust on the outside. You can, you know, traverse around that puddle just like you can traverse around that globe, you know. Ah, uh, so he, he, he sailed maybe around the edge of the Earth. Yeah, possibly. He was probably going through, you know, he's going through the continents just like his globe route says. Um, it's just on a flat model where the North Pole is at the actual center, which is, the, you know, uh, the magnetic mm-hmm. center. And so, so if this is uh, you, uh, like a pizza... Um, could you get into an airplane and then fly over the edge and then back to the other side? What's what would what's on the other side? You mean on the flip, like the bottom of it? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 is on the other side of the Earth? Well, I hesitate to make any conclusions about things I you know that I haven't seen or that I would never be able to see. Um, I have a feeling that it's an endless plane. You know, we just have the ground and we have the sky. You know. Um, I think the globe so, model puts mm-hmm. us already in space, you know, and flying through darkness, you know, where when we say a flat earth now, you automatically assume like a spinning CD, you know, going through space, you know, and everyone right. does, you know, <laughs> I, I did too, 
I was picturing a crusty bottom, you know, but what I see with my eyes is I see a stationary flat earth that never moves when I'm sitting down in a seat. I'm, I, I bet you guys are sitting down right now. Yeah. You feel perfectly, perfectly still and have never felt anything when we are actually speeding up and slowing down all the time in our orbital, in our, um, um, our elongated orbit around the sun, we actually should be, it's my theory that we should be feeling that, mm-hmm. that speeding up and slowing down through summer to winter, you know, so but we don't. The earth is sort of like the floor of the universe. Yeah, that's kind of how I think of it now. There's people who say that, you know, everything looked like Arctica, Antarctica, you know, and the the sun, you know, kind of melted out a circle around the North Pole and we're kind of just in a puddle, a melted out puddle in a vast ice sheet. And people think there's other puddles, um, you know, um, and they think that's where... Um, aliens come from because you know if the globe model is wrong you know what's more believable you know an alien going a thousand light years to get here or an alien just traversing like the frosty you know crust to get to our puddle you know so could 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 you could we in theory mount an expedition to antarctica um and then find the the wall um that 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 would be proof right now, in the past, there has been something called the Antarctic Treaty. Now, this still stands, but I don't think it applies to civilians anymore. But the Antarctic Treaty was basically every um, was the lo- longest standing treaty in history where every uh, world superpower has to guard Antarctica for, you know, just, you know, it's, it's everybody's, but everybody has to guard it. Right now, We've really been asking questions about explorations, and I don't think the Antarctic Treaty is going to be a problem for anyone. But for a long time, the Antarctic Treaty was really uh, uh, weighing on our brains. But in theory, I think you can. If you get enough people, um, you'd have to make it very, very public so nothing shady would happen to you by, you know, special interest people. You have, you would have to have a very wide-reaching fan base, you know. Um, okay. But it's never been, I, I want to, there's a man called um, Matt Powerland, and he's a defector from NASA. His story is that um, he was at a NASA party one time, and they were they were laughing at him because he still thought the Earth was a globe. And um, he he wants to traverse the, the ice, um, but I think we should be looking at the North Pole more, because if the flat Earth model is right, the North Pole would basically be the center of everything so i i have a hunch that at the center of everything you're going to find something cool i don't know Mm -hmm. well that's very fascinating and uh, we're almost out of time but before we uh before we cease i think we should tell people if they're if this has made them curious where they could find more information right uh this is um the flat earth um revival has basically been a youtube um Revival. You just go on YouTube and type, type in the flat Earth and uh, flat Earth proof. There's there's a lot of proofs out there. People making videos. Um, you know, Rob Steba just came out with a video recently proving that the Chicago skyline is actually not a mirage, which is what they tell us. Because the Chicago skyline should be um, 
farther over the curve from the Michigan shoreline, and we shouldn't be able to see the Chicago skyline. But they explain it away. They say that it's a mirage. Rod Speedbug this year got in a boat and went from Michigan to the Chicago skyline and had the camera on the whole time, and it didn't. The mirage didn't waver. So he disproved that that was a mirage. So we are seeing things way further than we can see them. Than we should be able to see them. You know, um, this year we've we've done a lot. Um, Obama has mentioned flat Earth. Um, on a handful of occasions in speeches this year. Um, just go onto YouTube, type in Flat Earth, and it's, it's everyone's personal journey. I don't want to shout too okay. many people out because you need to do it yourself. You know, that's the only way you're going to, you know, get into this if you take it yourself. All right. And if it's something mentioned by Obama, it's certainly, that lends it a, a <laughs> level of credibility. Um, right. So, really, and once really again... Yeah. Really quick, these are just some terms just to throw out to ev- for everyone. Um, uh, quantum locking is where you use magnets to um, lock things and make things levitate and defy um, electromagnetic. Mm-hmm. Magnetic uh, um, defies electromagnetism. Um, sonoluminescence, okay? Type in sonoluminescence. It's where you get a jar and you actually make a pinpoint of air, a little bubble, glow with light if you shout, um, if you um, stream um, uh, audio waves into it. Um, but if anyone wants to know more, check out my YouTube channel, Caveman444, and, you know, watch from the beginning and see my progression through Flat Earth. Because, you know, I didn't like it at first. I wanted to get in here and just prove it and be the one to debunk it, you know, but here I am, you know, a couple of years later, and I'm still looking for proof of the globe. So just prove the globe yourself. That's what I tell everyone. Just in your All own right. way, prove it yourself. All right. Well, we invite everyone to do their own research. So, uh, and uh, once again, you can find uh, that at Caveman444 on YouTube. Uh, this is the Most Important People in the World podcast. I'm Charles Berman. I am, I'm Jonathan Berman. We've been talking to Tony, a.k.a. Caveman444. You can find this podcast at mostimportantpeopleinthe.world. If you have suggestions, questions, comments, vitriol, insults, send them to the at mostimportantpeopleinthe.world. Uh, and as always, we ask people to visualize sending us money. Oh, yes, I forgot we do. Please visualize sending us money. Yeah. All right, so thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night, and stay tuned to whatever medium you use to listen to this podcast for the next episode of The Most Important People in the World. This has been The Most Important People in the World with Charles Berman and Jonathan Berman. With questions or comments, email the at most important people in the dot world.